0: Welcome to the Fantasy Rewind Podcast. I'm your co-host, Dylan Stoll, and I'm joined as always by my friend, Michael Wifford. When in doubt, follow your nose. So today, we're going to be wrapping up Rings of Power with the coverage for episode 8, titled... alloyed And it's actually titled alloyed this time. No idea what happened last week, but... We're here with the right title now.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Sorry about that. Yes, last week's episode was The Eye. Apologies on that one.
0: So before we get into our um, season breakdown and the episode breakdown here, because this is the season finale for Rings of Power, uh, we are going to give out the typical reminders. If you want to get in contact with the show, you can send us an email, which is fantasyrewindpod at gmail.com. If you want to get at us on Instagram, that is at Fantasy Rewind Pod. And on Twitter, we are at Fantasy Rewind. All right. Without farther delay, let's jump into the rewind.
1: Fantasy Rewind. Fantasy Rewind. All right. So overall impressions of this episode, Dylan. I'll let you go first.
0: Oh, boy. Okay. Uh, So overall impressions of this episode, I think it was really rushed. Um, I felt like they kind of went from 0 to 60 with the reveal that Hal Brand is Sauron. Um, I think that there was a big um, MacGuffin in the beginning when the people in white announced that Gandalf is Sauron. And then they were quickly rebuffed later on. But yeah, anyways, we'll get to all of that. Um, yeah, just my overall thoughts were that I felt it was a lot more rushed than the rest of the season. I didn't
1: think of it that way before, but I would agree that we finally got a lot, a lot happen, right? A lot happened right after we said nothing big was going to happen. Yeah, I know. I have to say that this episode I was really happy with after watching it because I feel like now we can actually start this series. You know, all these pieces are in place. We have like very interesting storylines sort of going out from this now. And I'm like, yes, all right, rings of power, let's go. I'm ready for the this, se- this show to start now.
0: <laughs> and the season one is just ending.
1: <laughs> I know that's, but this episode did so, so much good, I think, in, for me at least, in terms of, you know, some of the character development and the reveals. And like some of this stuff's out of the way, like the cutesy playing with Halbram being Sauron's kind of out of the way. We know it's Gandalf like, OK, so now we have some interesting things actually happening with these characters. And I'm, I'm excited and interested to see where it goes. Yes, I know people are going to come out and say, uh, well, Gandalf didn't show up until the third age. Well, they haven't named him Gandalf yet. And so maybe he doesn't get his name until the third age. Who knows? Uh, so there's a lot there to kind of dissect. But let's kind of go through it. I have some <laughs> jottings down <laughs> and you can we can kind of stop. And yeah, talk about go for it. it. Okay? All right, so we sort of open up into the Greenwood with the Meteor Man, and I just have to say this is, like, beautiful, right? This whole scene in the Greenwood is just gorgeous, so lush and pretty. The cinematography, oh, yes. Uh, We have the priestesses, like you said, sort of pop up, and they actually talk now. They do. They speak. At least two of them speak. There was a... Yes, there was a lot of talking in this episode, not just from them, but also from the Meteor Man, yeah. which we'll talk about at the end. Uh, but they kneel to him and, like you said, call him Sauron. I, in my notes, I was like, kneel to Gandalf, <laughs> <laughs> calling him Sauron. I wasn't thrown off no. at all. I was like, okay, yeah, they're not going to do that. Uh, and then we kind of, you go through the title screen and, uh, sorry, the title, you know, this intro and then we get Galadriel and Halbrand. Halbrand slumped over. Seems like he's still able to ride. Not quite sure on yeah, that. Yeah, he length. looked
0: more like he was like collapsed on top of his horse and kind of like just being ridden or being like dragged along by the horse and the horse was yeah. guiding him following Galadriel and her horse.
1: Yeah. Uh and then they arrive in a region. A A Regian. Sorry, Regian sounds like some kind of cheese <laughs> or a seasoning that goes on pizza. Uh, anyway, Celebrimbor really wants to use the little bit of Mithril to fix the tree. At that point, I was already thinking, okay, he's gonna—he's creating a ring. Doesn't quite fit the vision initially laid out from uh, Gilgalad, where they needed every elf to have some piece of Mithril. Right. Yeah. And and I wanted them to kind of talk about how they came to that conclusion a little bit more. But I do have have to say I like this reasoning. Uh, for the forging of the rings. It fits with show lore. It fits with the show lore, yes. And that's what I think I liked about it, is that I like that like they're making it make sense. Even though we still have that sword that they got rid of real fast because they realized that that was gonna dig them in a, into a hole, and so they used it as a stupid key to open up a dam, which they could have done anyway. Um, this really helps us understand why they're forging the rings of power.
0: So, I do have In a couple show. things that I want to bring up here and a couple go questions as well. I knew you would. Yeah. So, yeah. they had this little teensy beansy piece of Mithril that uh-huh. Elrond brought to Celebrimbor and that Gilgalad knew existed and everything. Mm-hmm. If they could solve all of Elvendom's problems with just that little piece, why go to the dwarves? Why was it important for them to even go after um, Durin and like have him ask his father's permission to dig for Mithril again? What was the point in all of that? If they could solve all their problems with just that little teensy piece of Mithril?
1: I think it kind of comes down to, and I mean, I'm, I guess I'm kind of baking this up for them. Again, like I said, they should have explained it a little bit more. But when, think about any kind of situation where you're given a little bit, Like a little of something, or you don't have a very good understanding of something, you usually try to go to somebody who has a better understanding, or who has the resources that you need, but if you're unable to, you know, if you're unable to successfully do what you need, you're going to use the materials you have to be, to do as good a job as you can. If you're, like, I mean, if you're wrapping presents, and you only have, like, two pieces of, (laughs) of, like, uh, wrapping paper left, and it's, like, so late, and, you know, Christmas, or, like, Christmas is the next day. You're going to grab...
0: You're just going to put a bow on it and no wrapping
1: paper. Yeah, either put a bow on it, put it in a bag. You're going to figure out some other way to get what you need to get done. And so I think in this case, it was trying to go in that direction. But they're leaving so much open to interpretation that I yeah. feel like I'm just coming up with an excuse for them instead of having any kind of leg to stand on. I don't See, like, like that. to me, I just
0: I don't think this makes much sense at all. And, like, I understand, like, what Hellbrand said... Or what Sauron said to Celebrimbor about mm-hmm. if you make it circular, it'll kind of go in and get in and in and in and just kind of like perpetuate the power of itself and like strengthening itself, which yeah. is why Celebrimbor wanted to do a crown at first for Gilgalad, and Gilgalad, rightfully so, was like, "That's a lot of pressure to put on one person. Yeah. Like, who's gonna wear that crown? I'm not wearing that crown." <laughs> yes. And so, by Celebrimbor and Galadriel. Um, coming up with the idea of not making one ring, but two. And then Galadriel's like, no, not two, three. And it's making more people responsible to share that burden of protecting Elvendom in Middle-earth. Which I liked that part, and mm-hmm. I think it does make sense to, like, have the rings for the elves have a function like that. Yeah. But I will also say, again, to me, if you have two strips of wrapping paper... No matter how hard you try, you still can't wrap a new car. So, like, you can't, like, make it go and stretch and cover everything you that's need true. To. That's true. But that's
1: that's the purpose of getting in the, yeah. like, lesser ores or melding it with the other ores. So this would be like taking newspaper and putting newspaper with the wrapping <laughs> paper. You know what yeah. I mean? That's where I was trying to go with that analogy. I, I get the analogy.
0: I just have a little bit of a problem
1: with am oh, no. not um, explaining it out. Like, as you know, I said. Yeah. They needed to, they needed to add something to it to make it more believable. Halbrand, uh, we'll get back to that. He recovered quick. He tells Selibrimbor how to stretch the mithril and he said to consider it a gift. And that whole conversation, that, I was just like, okay, yeah, you've, there was no yeah. doubt before, but like now there's like no, no doubt.
0: Yeah. No, no doubt. That was like confirmation for me. He might have come out and said, call me Anatar, the giver of the bringer of gifts Might have well said that because as soon as he said consider it a gift, it was like, okay, they're doing this. They're actually going through with it.
1: Yeah. And I really liked his interaction with, like, Halbrand's interaction with Celebrimbor because it felt like throughout their, like, back and forth, Halbrand definitely had a sway over him. Oh, for sure. And I was like, ooh, this is really, really good because it makes me think about how the ring would sort of sway people who wore it, right? And you're sort of seeing that effect already with somebody who's who's, uh, who's receptive to that. And, and Celebrimbor was so receptive.
0: That is exactly the thought I had because what I wanted to bring up is for me, Celebrimbor in this episode reminded me a lot of old Bilbo. Mm. Like looking at that ring like, ah, mine. But... I could I you could see him going in getting corrupted right then and there. Yeah, and like really being quick. Being very tantalized and very tempted by the idea of this weapon not of flesh but over flesh.
1: Yes, and him saying all those things like Galadriel was immediately like, "Oh, something's not right here."
0: Yeah, she immediately was like, "Hellbrand Sauron, what?"
1: <laughs> yeah. And going for that confirmation. And I think too when you had him when you had Stella Brimbor talking about like the power and stuff made me think about like Gollum kind of, mm-hmm. and how he would talk about the ring. And so you're already starting to get that impact. And I really like that. Um, and I know I'm skipping ahead a little bit here, but they had that they forged the Elven ring separate without anyone there. And that's how the episode ends, right? With the three rings, um, which is how it was uh, in the books. Like they were forged different. The ones for the elves were forged differently than the other rings and i like right, that they're right. doing it in this way because you already know halbrand and celebrimbor are going to hook back up because even though galadriel said like after she was attacked by halbrand and i don't know mind attacked i guess
0: yeah they had a little mind battle
1: yeah whatever um which i'd liked but you still had you had elrond like okay i'm not going to question this at all like what you're saying not to to just forget about how and never you know treaty with him or work with him again but Celebrimbor never had he never said anything about it
0: never made that promise no, no. He was like hey if it works I like what this hat what this result was maybe I'll work with him again but yeah. one thing I would do want to bring up here is I thought it was really random how they were like oh glad you know we need your dagger and <laughs> took that from her getting rid of the last visage of her past crusade against sauron but also i thought it was really weird how somehow from the same melted metal came two gold rings and one silver ring and i was just like okay that's really strange like how you're getting two separate yeah or the same metal if they
1: had somehow like done something to extract them differently yeah yeah but i i don't know I mean, it that's could like be like a
0: minor nitpick, but
1: yeah, that's good. Uh, I didn't really think about that at the time. All right, so we're gonna flip over here, and we're gonna head back over to Numenor. You had Mirin um, and the King. She. So at this point, you have oh, what's his name? Aranzir, Faranzir, Fonzi, the guy who's working.
0: Oh. <laughs> Alferezian?
1: Oh yeah, Alfarazian. Alfarazan. Alfarazan. Look at that. Yeah, there we go. Look at that. I said his name. <laughs> in parts, um, I didn't write his name down because <laughs> I couldn't get it. But he's basically planning the king's burial and like yeah. whole <laughs> death procession before he even As dies. He's alive. Yeah. Yes, I was like, <laughs> dude, low key evil much?
0: <laughs> what? Low key ambitious
1: much? Yeah. And um, but anyway, he's giving each of the like the drafters a time to kind of get his likeness, and he'll choose the best one. So Mirren, who is Elendil's uh, daughter, is with the king. She's sketching. It looks really good. And then he kind of wakes up and he tells her some stuff like, you're going to be queen. And he sends her up to see the planter.
0: So I'm going to stop you there because I'm fairly positive that he thought that it was his daughter who was the queen regent who was hanging out with him, not this girl who was sketching his likeness and everything. That's fair. Um, And so, like, I think he was in, like, a fever dream, kind of thinking, oh, Muriel, you are gonna be queen someday. You need to go look and see what I saw on the Palantir. And so, like, he opens it up, and this girl is just like, I'm not Muriel. I'm not gonna be queen. This is not... He doesn't know who I am, but I still wanna look and see. So she goes up there and she checks out the Palantir. Yeah, But it... It was not who it was intended for, um, so we don't know what she, she will be saw. doing with the results of what she saw there, or if she'll report to Alfarazan or her boyfriend, who's his son, or <laughs> anything like that. But it was definitely um, intended for Muriel, who was the queen regent, who was with Elendil on the ship.
1: Correct, but I think we're gonna, she's going to get some knowledge, and it's going to cause her to leave. Uh, Numenor, at least, because we know the eventual downfall of Numenor. So
0: right, because her name is Aaron the mm-hmm. sister Sorry. that's with her. Oh uh, yeah, Muriel, yeah, Muriel is the name of the queen
1: regent. That makes more sense now. I was like, uh, okay, I think that's he, that's what he called her. That's her name now. <laughs> oh gosh, I am the worst. Anyway, so uh, we kind of at this point we flip back into like Galadriel and she's suspecting Halbrand. Starts researching him to find out that he is not. Uh King in the South, that line was broken over a thousand years Thousands ago. Thousands of years ago. And he tells her that
0: He told her the truth. He took that sigil off a dead man. Yeah, a thousand years ago.
1: But then we kind of flip over and we get a really great scene with Gandalf and the priestesses. Nice like how I threw Gandalf's name in there. And they are telling him that he is gonna to have to go to the lands of Rune. Mm-hmm. Yeah, learn to control his powers. And I think that as somebody who doesn't know anything, I've never read um, anything with Rune really outside of if it wasn't in the Silmarillion. Um, It's not. Yeah. So I'm really interested because I'm like, I don't know that much about that. So that makes that that really gets me excited because I'm like, I'm going to have to research that a bit to to see uh, what that's all about. But they're selling him to go there to learn to control his powers and um, I, what were your thoughts on that, Dylan? That part. Before we get into the whole uh, Harfoots fighting the priestesses.
0: Yeah, so I have a lot of thoughts, actually, about the priestesses. And they kind of all meld together in, like, an overarching theme here. Mm-hmm. And so my first thought is, who the heck are these people? Like, we get no explanation of who they are. We don't know if they are Maiar or if they are estar or if they are like some dark servants of Morgoth that survived and are looking for mm-hmm. Sauron. We don't know why they think that the Meteor Man was Sauron when <laughs> they seem to know everything about the Meteor Man. And meanwhile, Sauron was just living his life as Halbrand. And so they confused him with uh, Gandalf because, you know, that's who this guy is more than likely going to be. Um, But they seem to know he had memory loss, like the veil pulled over his eyes, basically not knowing his own abilities, not knowing his past, who he is, and that the veil will get removed at Rune and that he'll learn to master his powers there, which that gives me some more theories about what's to come here. I'll save that for the end of the episode here, but all in all, I was I was very confused about everything that was going on with these women in white. And why and how they could get it so wrong that this was Sauron and who they were in the first place to know all this information. And if he can not believe them about him being Sauron, how does he know for sure that he needs to listen to the rest of their advice and going to Rune? I know he said it felt right when they said it, but still, it's like unreliable narrator coming into play here and not really knowing who these people even are
1: yeah you bring up some good questions there with that overall i i agree with you i think there was a lot of mystery to them that we did not really get any satisfactory answer to yeah you know uh, i like that because of them he was changed and he's now an actual person who talks and has like thoughts real
0: conversations
1: yeah and like he's an interesting character now and I'm like I want to know more Uh, even if you are just young Gandalf I I think that's exciting that piece of him but why he would want to go to Rune like maybe there should have been just a little bit more taken off the top in terms of taken out of his uh, forgetting or the veil that's put over him and why would a veil be put over him too you know Right, that would make no sense as to why
0: he would go in blind, unaware of whatever his mission actually was. But I'll tell you right now, like, I'm just going to come out and say what my theory is and let me know your thoughts here. So, Rune is actually in the east. Mm-hmm. It is, like, right above where Mordor is, kind of off to the right a little bit. If you look at on Middle-Earth map, I'm thinking he's going to meet up with the Blue Wizards and get some training from them because the Blue Wizards... Mm-hmm in lore have been in middle earth a lot longer than gandalf so even if they're messing around with the timelines maybe they'll still do something where like he needs to train with them or maybe he'll train with saruman over there or bring in more familiar faces since you know they are messing with the timeline a little bit yeah why not just have it line up to what we know from the trilogy
1: i'm agreed yeah i'd like that um, I would love to see the blue wizards and I'd love to see mm-hmm, a young Saruman too. to see kind of their relationship forged that, that I like that quite a bit, actually. All right. Um, I do have to say though, uh, in terms of magic, I really like what they're doing with the magic in the show because Me too. in the Lord of the Rings and even in the, uh, Peter Jackson trilogy, we never really get any of it, you know, outside of like, huh, huh. Like, staffs pointing and people, like, kind of flying a little bit. Like, there really isn't that much. And that's that's fine, because it's not much, It's not a focus in those stories. I like that they're able to really incorporate that here with him. And you get to see, like, his abilities. In right. That sense. see his
0: raw abilities coming out here. And just even the abilities of the women in white were the ones, like, having a fire in each hand. Like, walking menacingly forward and, like, controlling fire. Blowing it out at people. Yeah. Because... I feel like the most we see of magic in the trilogy, for Peter Jackson's trilogy, um, is, like you said, the Saruman-Gandalf fight, pointing staffs at each other, Um, Saruman, or sorry, Gandalf fighting the Balrog, where he does, like, the whole light coming out of his thing, and, like, severs the bridge when he smashes his staff, but for the most part, you don't see Gandalf do any, like, impressive magic, but that's because that's not what he's there to do. Correct. He's a guy. Not that he's not capable of it.
1: Yeah. So uh, the rest of the scene here, we have the fight between the Harfoots and the priestesses, and I thought it was actually clever how that was done, right? Yeah, the Harfoots kind of just going around, sort of poking at them, uh, irritating, being, warfare. yeah, being, yeah, being menacing overall, menacing, and um, I thought that was kind of neat. Would I've actually thought they would have won in a fight? Now, no, God, no. <laughs> it it was entertaining to watch, to say the least, and. It was kind of sad that we did uh, have uh,
0: Sadak Burrow. Sadok.
1: yeah, Sadak die. But I do like what it opens up for the rest of the Harfoots and how we now have. Um, oh my gosh, I didn't write her.
0: Nori off on her adventure with Gandalf. Yes,
1: Nori's on her adventure with Gandalf, but her friend is now leading the Harfoots. Her
0: friend's not leading, but her like the older women joked around that she should lead. Maybe you should lead, and she's like, "Oh, maybe I will." And it's Poppy. Yes, the-
1: Poppy. Yeah, I like her friendly. character, so I do kind of like that she has that role now and I think she would be good with it, knowing what we know about her and how she does care about others, and I think that would really help change the culture a little bit more with the Harfoots.
0: I told Amy, I was like, she's her Sam. Yes. And I was like, how yes. waiting for Poppy to go?
1: I was waiting too. I was like, when she ran up and hugged her and stuff, I was just like oh my gosh, Sam, go with your Frodo. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, anyway, so then we kind of go back over, we're in a on the ship, the Numenorians are coming back into Numenor. Elendiel seems to be in better spirits, right? I think in this episode, it really shows the fact that in the last episode, he was just dealing with his son dying.
0: Right. Grief and, took over.
1: Yeah, and uh, he seems to be in better spirits and he and the Queen Regent have kind of struck a deal to have each other's backs. And I think that's really important because I think that's how we're going to end up them coming back necessarily, maybe without the support of all of Numenor because we're Agreed. gonna have gonna have some we're gonna issues have here. Almost like a Numenorean civil war. I feel like I would agree with that because the queen's father is dead, and I think it was again planned by Farazon and I did write his name down. But it'll be interesting to see because that's going to be a huge plot point going into the beginning of next season, at least. So. We come back over to Galadriel And this is where the reveal was Hellbrand is Sauron Because Galadriel was like You're not a king of the south And you know, we had that whole conversation already But this is where he puts Galadriel into kind of a mind trap And it's really cool because She knows at first That this is a mind trap Like get out of my head And like, then it's her brother And they're having right. this conversation and, and she
0: falls deeper in She yes. has to fight her way back out mm-hmm. And then yeah so and, here is something else I want to say for this part. Yeah. I thought that this particular scene was done really well. I liked mm-hmm. the effects of it. But I think this is where I think they sped it up too quickly. Yeah. I feel like having a farther romance, as much as I would have hated it, developed between Halbrand and Galadriel would have made more sense if he was asking her to be his dark queen to his dark lord like because it seemed really out of nowhere it's like oh we fought together that one time want to be an evil queen no why not (laughs) that seemed way out of character and out of place for that to even be offered
1: here i might disagree with you because i don't think he offered her to be his dark queen so much as be his queen and he she would bind him to the light so he's almost like you could be my like salvation and all this, mm. and trying to sort of twist it in that direction. But she kind of sees it like, okay, but I would end up being this tyrant. Yeah. And he was like, no, he's like, you would just be power. I would, you would bind me to the light, and I would bind you to power. And so he's trying to manipulate this into the situation uh, where it's he's painting it in a much better light than it actually would be, right? Right. right. And I think. And that makes a lot of sense with his character. He doesn't want to hurt her. He likes her, right? He, he, he does. He goes through like how you know she's impacted him and changed him and helped him to realize these things. But now he's out of time. She's figured yeah. this out, and he. Okay, here, let me give you my best uh, best pitch best here. Sales pitch, yeah. And she's just kind of like no. And I thought that I really liked this scene because because of all that, like what I just said. Mm. I thought it was very believable and you saw this with Hellbrand's character he he hasn't seemed to want to be evil at least outright i think now that she's found out and he's heading back to mordor like things are going to change and he's going to go full nefarious like okay uh you know what? i'm going to save middle earth how i think it should be saved and this scene was really trying to paint Sauron as someone trying to heal middle-, middle earth instead of conquering it in his mind right and that's what we know about really good villains is that they don't think they're the villain.
0: Yeah, they're not villains for themselves. Yeah.
1: So I, I, I really loved the scene for that. Now, there's some pieces of it. I was like, yeah, okay. Like the her drowning at the end. I was like, that's kind of weird. I'm not quite getting the metaphor there, but it was her in the river. Um, But I think my favorite part of this was when they were on the raft together towards the end of the mine sort of yeah, back and forth. Right. Agreed. And they were having that conversation and she was like kind of cool and collected for the most part of it. And then he just starts like, almost like I imagine like spittle coming out of his mouth. Like he's, he's talking furious. Well, it's not even furious, almost just like mad. Like the thought of this power and like, you can't see this vision. Like I can, like, I just kind of got like that hysteria, like crazy. Um, and I, I just, I really love that because again, it's he's the he's the villain, but he doesn't see himself as a villain.
0: And so I don't know if this was just like through my eyes or if this mm-hmm. was like actually an effect that they were doing. But it seemed to me every time he was like screaming at her like that, he got more and more ugly. You know what I mean? Like, he yeah, got like less beautiful.
1: Yeah, and I'd so agree like with that. They yeah.
0: like did that effect to kind of show like he's leaning farther and farther away from this fair soldier that gladial felt like she might want to hook up with but <laughs> and more and more into this madman who is power hungry and wanting to get it at all costs
1: yeah i i'm not i i thinking back on that i would agree with that um yeah oh man I, I want to end because uh, we kind of talked about everything. Because after this, we get into a scene with Gandalf and Nori, and they're going off to it's a
0: long goodbye. After
1: yeah. yeah, off to Rune. And I, I like that, even though I don't believe it so much that they would just send Nori with him. I do mm-hmm. like that they're like, you know what, you you need like this is something you need. You need this adventure, and he's a good person. Even though they, I mean, they've spent months together, but.
0: Yeah, they've spent a lot of time together. More time than we've had together of them on screen because, yeah. like, he has been traveling with them. He has been trying to help them. But yeah, like, yeah. I felt, like, all in all, like, this last scene here especially reminded me of, like, conversations of Gandalf when he was in Moria. Mm-hmm. He was like, Oh, it's this way. Oh, you remembered. No, the air doesn't smell quite so foul down here. When in doubt, follow your nose. And so and just, just him basically confirming those same yeah. lines with Nori here. And I'm just like, wait, you can smell Rune and it smells good? And it's right by Mount Doom? Okay, if you yeah. say so. <laughs> um, But yeah, it was just like confirming to me without outright saying it. Because Hellbrand never outright and came out and said that he's Sauron. Meteor Man never came outright and was said that he is Gandalf. We do know that he's an E Star. And again, Amy asked my wife Amy asked me this when the priestesses were like, Oh, it's the he's the other one. It was like, wait, so there were two people that fell from the sky? What <laughs> what's going on there? One was and there a so lot longer. Yeah, one was there quite a bit longer. One was actually out on a raft in the middle of the ocean when Gandalf fell from the sky. Um but either way, I thought like they said as much as they could say without saying it outright that Halbrand is Sauron and Meteor Man is Gandalf, in my opinion. But
1: Yeah, they did. Uh, we still never underst- quite understood why Halbrand was out at sea.
0: Yeah, no idea how he was out at sea, how he just so happened to be out there when Galagio was there. Yeah. And that but whole coincidental we'll never- still...
1: We'll never get the answer to that. Just like we'll never get the answer yes. to the whole sword being a key thing. Like right. those things, they were plot devices the and they're done. You know, yeah. I do love the line that uh, between Nori and Gandalf, where <laughs> you going to love that. We just keep calling that he's, gonna, um, he's Gandalf. We're calling him Gandalf <laughs> where they said that alone is a journey. Adventures must be shared. I, I, I was like that too. That was good. That was a really great line. I was like, yeah. I could see that being a tattoo on my face.
0: Okay. Um. Before we get out of here, Mike. All in all, let's just say, like, what did you think of the season as a whole? And do you think there will be a season two?
1: Oh, I think there definitely will be a season two. They've spent one. They've invested a ton of money into this. So I think that. Well,
0: that's why I'm hesitant to say if they have not confirmed already that there's going to be a season. Well, two.
1: no, I think they already started working on season two. Oh, okay, good. Yeah. yeah. Um, pretty sure they've already started working on it but overall um, it was slow at times and it felt like it took a long time to get going with this final episode and this is very different than uh, real time I'm afraid uh, almost the inverse whereas yeah, yeah, with this final episode I feel like the show is finally starting and I'm really excited for the future and I think they did right in going for this time period and setting up like kind of this prequel of sorts because they're all, they can play with it. Right. And they, they are starting to play with it in believable ways in some believable ways. Again, I know people have brought this up lots of times where Gandalf came to middle earth in the third age. Well, right now he's not Gandalf. He is just this nameless person. And so maybe that him realizing who he is and training with the blue wizards is when he, does become Gandalf or he goes through that process and you know, and then that age starts, Uh, you know, I'm not sure on the whole timeline thing, but I'm just saying like they can, they can work with this stuff and they can play around with it to make it fit in some, some ways that are interesting. I think now we have narrowed some of the storylines a little bit too. And I think that's only going to be to the benefit of season two, because now we're not dealing with five or six different storylines. We have Galadriel and Elrond together. Mm-hmm. We have maybe Moria kind of on the back burner for right now. Yeah. And we have uh, the Harfoot and Gandalf Nori together. Moria and Gandalf together, yep. Uh, Aceliador and the Numenorians. that's probably going to have to play out. But we're down to like three or four. And some of those don't have to be big pieces. They can just be small pieces for right now.
0: Yeah, so I agree with all of that because like, like you said for me like playing around with the time thing we already knew they were doing that Mm -hmm. and i feel like they're trying to get some name recognition in this by now introducing gandalf because yeah nobody knows even though she's a made-up character nobody knows nori the Harfoot, and nobody knows halbrand the southlander they know gandalf they know sauron so like having these big name recognitions even if they are off it doesn't really matter too much because we already knew they were messing with the timelines. Yeah. I will agree with you. I think that this last episode here was one of the stronger of the season, at least in entertainment value. Mm-hmm. Um, if not sticking to the lore, that's okay. Um, but I do wonder why they didn't mess around with this celiodor because you just mentioned him and I've been meaning to bring this part up. He did not get resurrected. He did not get found by this horse season in this two.
1: episode. He's going to pop back I was going to say,
0: introduction of season two, that horse is going to pull his body out of that wreckage or something or, like that.
1: Or he's going to, like... You know when the sister comes over, or the dad and the queen regent come back over, they're gonna f- just kind of walk into a town and find him, and then he's gonna like it's gonna be flashbacks telling a story like of how he got pulled from the wreckage by Brago, not Brago, <laughs>
0: <laughs> by the Brago replacement. Horse. Yeah, Brago
1: replacement, <laughs> but yeah, we're gonna have that.
0: Yeah, but yeah, all in all, I think if I was going to say like my enjoyment of the series has de- um, it's definitely increased the last two episodes. Oh yeah, um, I think that. It was definitely weaker towards the beginning and middle of the season. Yeah. But it's finishing a little bit stronger, which is good. Um, Overall, though, I still think entertainment wise and enjoyment wise, I'm giving this show about like a seven, maybe. And that's higher than I would have thought, like towards the beginning of the season. But yeah, all in all, I fairly, it was fairly good. Better than Wheel of Time, thankfully. Um, Just crossing our fingers that season two of Wheel of Time is better.
1: Really am. I need to. I really need to go back and rewatch it. I would, or season two comes out, we need to go back and rewatch it and then kind of we share do our real time revisited revised opinions. Series, yeah. yeah, yeah. I'd like to do that. But all
0: right. But that's gonna be it. So this is gonna be two nerds signing off. See ya.
1: See ya.